In today's show, we look at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball players to add, players to drop, all that stuff. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com and the promo code is Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are here, ready to talk about the waiver wire. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The most added players we take a look at. It's a little bit of a weird waiver wire show today. You'll see as we go through it where there's lots of players being added and dropped. And I look at them and go, like, eh. Like, nothing really stands out. There's not this, man, you must grab this guy sort of situation, I don't think. The most added, and I'll say this off the top, actually. We're about a week away from the trade deadline, right? So, yes, we make our moves this week. We're really into, if you are making stashes and doing it now, I wouldn't be stashing two to three blokes. Like, it's just unlikely to have any positive value for you. Maybe one to two. I probably am only going to do one. Um, but once we head into next week, save your waiver moves. That's the biggest advice that I can give you. Someone asked a question um, saying, are they new to fantasy basketball? Can you do something about your know, past trade deadlines and um, you know, how it impacts things? And I don't think there's any value in that. But what I will tell you is that, again, overstashing leads to negative outcomes because they just don't trades don't happen the way you think they do. You're better to be ready to react versus than trying to predict. And the second thing is keep your waiver ads. Don't stream Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Don't do it. Hold on to those until you hear about a trade going down. And then you use your ads to add players there. If you have to take L's for the week, by all means. If you're strongly in a position to win this week or you're going to lose this week, use your waiver moves for this week to prepare for the start of next week so that you can get some games in at the start of next week, but also save your waiver ads next week to make the moves on the trade deadline. That's the best piece of advice I can give you. It's not stash this one player or what happens if OG Ananobi gets traded to this team? Does his value go up and down? It doesn't matter. Like you've got this player, you're not making trades to try and squeeze out half a fantasy point per game extra when a lot of this stuff, even if a player is traded like OG and he goes to the Knicks or he goes to the Suns or he goes to the Grizzlies or whatever, we don't know who goes back the other direction or what that does for anything. It's all over the place. So the number one thing I can tell you to do is save your waiver ads next week. Right? That's it. That's the number one thing I can tell you to do. And watch the trade deadline show, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, Thursday, February 9th. The most added player over the last... Uh, well, since I last looked at the most added players, which was about 18 hours ago, Zach Collins in San Antonio. He's currently minute splitting with Yucca Pertle. I think he's an excellent sash at the moment. I don't think he's upside his top 50. I think it's top 75. If he's a 27-minute-a-night player, yes... He could get the start if Pirtle is traded and then Charles Bassey plays 24 minutes as well, which would be interesting because Goldfinger's a good player. But 
Collins is a guy that's providing value now and has upside if Pirtle is traded. I think it's a great ad, right? It is a really good stash. He probably moves up to number one on my stash board because I think the likelihood of Pirtle getting traded is much higher than the likelihood of the cockroach Mason Plumley being traded. The second most added player, interestingly, was Mo Wagner. Now, in general, I would look at this and say, well, that's because they're chasing that big performance from last game, which they are, but also Wendell Carter is still in the injury report as questionable. So there could be a big opportunity for uh, Mo to put up a big game on Wednesday. Now, this is not likely a long-term thing unless Carter's injury is a long-term thing. In fact, unless Carter's injury is a long-term thing, this is definitely not a long-term ad for Mo Wagner. But a lot of people have jumped on there, and I get it. The Tari Eason one is really interesting. There are a number of things that make me say yes, He's good, number one. They've got three games in four nights. That's really good as well. Um, and then the other thing makes me go, he's just not going to play. He'll play 17 minutes a night. Because as you're well aware, he does not play next to Smith and Shangun. And both Smith and Shangun are ready to play and healthy. And Eason will play behind them. Now, unless there is a complete change in philosophy from Steven Silas, and he starts getting minutes to replace Green and Porter, who are both out, expect low minutes for Eason. Which, again, is a bad, a bad outcome. But... Three games in four nights. If you play 20 minutes, that's 60 minutes through one wave rat, and that makes it a W. So you can see the back and forth or the ups and downs in evaluating this. It's a fine ad, but people are adding, I think, based on the wrong angle. It doesn't really matter if you get to the right result, but they're adding because they think, well, look at these guys are out. He's going to start, and Eric Gordon's going to get traded, and Eason's going to put up numbers. And I remain convinced that even if Eric Gordon does get traded, it doesn't impact Eason at all. Unless they're going to have a complete change in his positional philosophy, it does not impact him. It has not impacted him a single second all season. But we will see whether that changes later on. Overall, adding Eason, good. The reasons you add him, well, that's going to be debatable. Dante DiVincenzo, one of the most added players. They've got a back-to-back. They've got a three games in four nights. They're going to have Clay out one of those games. Really strong opportunity to add Dante. Love it. No problem with that. Denny Avdia, one of the most added players, unfortunately. Their game with the Pistons got postponed today. So that's an L. If you added Avdia, I would still hold, right? But you know my concerns or caution with overvaluing what Denny did. Last game, he shot, what, 80% against the Spurs. And we still haven't seen what happens without Rui, but with Gafford and Porzingis both healthy. We haven't seen how those minutes distribute. And Avdia is not starting and has not started, and probably will not start. Even though I think he should start. As much as I like Gafford, Avdia should start. But it doesn't matter if I think that's what should happen, because it isn't what is what is happening. So if you did add Denny, hold. If he's on your waiver wire, add, even though the game's postponed. But also temper expectations. A couple of other Rockets here, most added players. KJ Martin, yeah. Look, he should have been added basically as soon as Kevin Porter went down. And there doesn't appear to be any real timeline for Kevin Porter to return. Now, don't get over, man, it's shut down. He's going to get shut down. He's going to get shut down. Okay, just everyone needs to settle down with all that sort of talk. You know, that's one of the words that I just hate hearing the most because it gets thrown around. Remember how, you know how many times I got told Lamella Ball was getting shut down when he sprained his ankle the first time? And he sprained it two other times since and is still playing 36 minutes a night? You hear it all the time for every player. So as soon as you hear someone mention it, just dismiss it outright. Just dismiss it. Because much like with predicting trades, Someone will hit on one and say, look, yeah, I told you he was going to get shut down and then the guy's out for the season. Yet, the 300 other times that it gets mentioned, nothing comes of it. And if you are reactive about this stuff, you will lose in fantasy. 
You need to just stay the course and understand that this shutdown narrative that is so pervasive is false. Could Kevin Porter be out for the season? Yeah, of course. I don't actually know what the injury is. I've got no idea. But there's no indication to tell us that. Irrespective, KJ Martin should be added. Because if Eric Gordon, who's also on this list, is traded, then KJ Martin is the guy that we have in 12-team leagues. As for Eric Gordon, he's a strong stream with Jalen Green and Kevin Porter out. He'll get a few more assists, a few more shots. I don't know why they're relying upon him so much, but they are. And then the last guy on this list of the um, most added players is Jeremy Sohan. Sohan now! Yeah. You can, uh, you can go and add him. I think there is going to be some fluctuation in his production, but he is a 12-team league guy at this point. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio. This year, the only app you need at a Super Bowl party is Fangio, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner on Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, and it's Fangio. And if you're new to Fangio, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download Fangio now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Fangio lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And if we go and have a look over on Fangio, let's look at some of the Super Bowl interesting stuff we've got. The odds aren't changing. It is still the Eagles minus one and a half points. But if we look at any time TD scorers, Devontae Smith plus 165, while AJ Brown is plus 120, and Isaiah Pacheco is plus 110. So Isaiah Pacheco more likely, according to Fangio, to score a touchdown than the two Eagles receivers. He's it. Pacheco is even more favored to score a touchdown than Miles Sanders, who's plus 115. Very, very interesting. I don't see Jarek McKinnon on this list. Maybe he should be. It doesn't matter. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. And I don't know what's going on with my voice. Why it's uh, cracking like that. <clears throat> Apologies. Let's have a look at the most dropped players and go through whether this makes sense. And for some of them, it does, and some of them, it doesn't, as it always is the case. Number one guy on this list is Jericho Sims. You just made the list. And it was really bad for him yesterday. Obviously, Isaiah Hartenstein took over the role um, in yesterday's game, but I, I give you caution with this. The Knicks have three more games left, left this week. They've got a three games in four nights to end the week. All right, they play Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So I probably wouldn't have dropped him because... The last time we saw Hardenstein take over from Sims against the Cavs on the 24th of January, it was 25 minutes Sims, 23 minutes Hardenstein. You know what happened the game after that? 32 minutes of Sims and 15 to Hartenstein. And the game after that, 27 minutes of Sims and 20 to Hartenstein. So while Hartenstein's a better player, in my mind, very easily, very clearly, that's not what Thibodeau always thinks. And last game, it was 12 to 36 minutes, a huge discrepancy. Actually, more think Hardenstein played 40 minutes, actually. Huge discrepancy between the two. But that doesn't guarantee that's what's going to be the case. So Sims could come out against the Heat, play 30 minutes really comfortably, could play 28 really comfortably. And the fact that it's three games in four nights to end the week, I would not have dropped him. I wouldn't have. I don't believe in him as a good player or a long-term asset at all. And I still think Hartenstein's worth grabbing. We'll talk about him later. But I wouldn't have been so quick to go, well, that's it, 12 minutes, he's done, finished, dumb done. Look, if you drop someone after they play a game like that, that 12-minute game, game doesn't get wiped off your slate. You don't punish them for it. You just got to look more at the, well, that was shit. Is it going to happen next game? I don't know. But the schedule works pretty nicely in their favor. Tom Bryant. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's an easy one. 
drop him. Pat Beverly, yeah, no need to have him in a 12-team league. Pat Connaughton, we knew this is the direction it was going to go. He's a drop pretty clearly as well. Dennis Schroeder's not a 12-team league player, in my opinion. Jose Alvarado was just a stream guy while McCollum was out. I don't know why people didn't drop him before the game when McCollum was returning, but apparently they waited until yesterday. He played 14 minutes, so he's a drop, obviously. Lonnie Walker, the easiest drop in the world. I couldn't believe when I was looking at the list of most dropped players and Lonnie Walker was on it, because I was like, how is he actually rostered in enough leagues to appear on the most dropped list? People will have a real weird thing for Lonnie Walker. Maybe I've got a weird thing against Lonnie Walker. Love him as a bloke. Seems like a great bloke. As a player, not for me. But like I said yesterday, I don't think he's very good. So I'm saying, no, he's actually really good. It's just that he doesn't fit with LeBron. They're trying to make him into the shooter. They need to put the ball in his hands and let him drive. Like, if you put the ball in Lonnie Walker's hands, you know what? You're going to have the worst team in the NBA. He's just not a very good player. I, I just, yeah, I just think we've seen we've seen it for four, five years. This is his fifth year in the NBA. He's just not a good player. Anyway, don't need to hold him. The only one I really disagree with here, apart from like I don't I don't really dis- I don't really agree with the Sims drop, but I understand it. I don't think I would have dropped Patrick Williams. Is he exciting? Not really. Is he brilliant? No. Is he getting thirty-two minutes a night, providing a blocker game and being solid? Like yeah, I think I would have held him. Out of all of these guys, like everyone else, piss him off. Apart from Sims, but Williams, eh, I don't think I would have uh, moved on from him. Let's move through now to look at some players who are droppable. Guys who I see that are rostered in a big chunk of leagues that when I'm looking long-term, and this is a, most of this waiver wire show, we have the short-term show, which is the daily streaming show. Most of this stuff I'm looking at here is more longer-term focused. So when I look at, say, these players being droppable, I'll always look at schedule and how that makes sense for you and your team for this week, all that sort of stuff. But when I look long-term, I don't believe Rui Hachimura is a 12-team category league player. Yes, I know he just had 19-9 and in an overtime game where he shot 70% from the field. He also did his usual thing of having no assists and no steals and had one questionable block that wouldn't have occurred if there wasn't an overtime um, portion of that game. He can be a points league guy, not a problem at all. Category leagues, he's never proven it to me. I'd like to see him prove it to me for a big chunk of time. I'm not interested. Dennis Schroeder is still rostered. See you later. Jalen McDaniels is still rostered in a lot of 12-team leagues. Haywood is playing better. Hayward's minutes are pushing up, and there is going to be, at some point, a return of Kelly Oubre. And McDaniels, even in the opportunities that he gets, he still hovers around like the 90 to 100 mark when three starters are out. And that, to me, is not good enough to hold. Like, I don't know why we're still holding him. See you later. And the other one, who is still being rostered in a lot of leagues, I'm sure it's not by you guys, but... Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming glass. I don't see any justification for holding Isaiah Stewart in a 12-team category league. The next four names are more for points leagues. Alex Caruso, he's got some value in category leagues. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. He's got value in category leagues, Caruso, but in a points league, I don't really see why we'd be rostering him so he can go. Trey Murphy, he's probably a borderline category league guy, but in a points league, again, you get way more value streaming in through a 12-team spot there. Isaiah Stewart, the same thing in a category league. And then John Isaac, who, should I, I should I have listed him as a droppable player, Isaac, in the category league? Probably. But he's sitting out today's game, not a back-to-back. So not only do you have to worry about him sitting back-to-backs, now it's random games, now it's low minutes, now it's low production. And in a points league, his upside's not even top 100 anyway. So I don't know why you would bother holding on to Jonathan Isaac in any sort of 10 or 12 or 14-team points league. It is insane to me to hold him in that sort of format. I get it if you're in a strong position in a category league that's 12, but even then, I don't think it's worth it. I've never thought it's worth it. We'll see who who ends up being right here at the end of the season. I just That's just not something I thought was a good idea. 
And at the moment, it's not looking great. Yes, you added him for a guess March, and we are three, four weeks away from that. But things aren't traveling particularly well at the moment for John Isaac in terms of his fantasy production. Um, yeah, what am I going to say? That's what I was going to say. I forgot what I'm saying. I've lost it. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy. You know what it is? But do you? Because this is not daily fantasy like you're used to. It's not salary caps. It's not setting lineups against thousands of people. It's player projections. That's all it is. They'll have a player projection, John Isaac, um, more or less than four and a half points. And you have to look at that and go, well, he played more than the nine minutes. I don't know. Maybe I'll go less than that. Or you look at Mo Wagner and they'll say six and a half rebounds. Like, oh, well, that is Wendell Carter out? Maybe we'll go more on that for Mo Wagner. You get two to six of those individual player projections. You smash them into a lineup and you can win up to 25 times your entry feedback. It's so easy. You can do it in under 60 seconds. You can do it in over 30 US states. You can do it in most Canadian provinces. And you can do it for other sports that aren't the NBA. You can do it for the Super Bowl. You can do it for NHL, college basketball, men's and women's, cricket, NASCAR, golf, boxing, MMA, disc golf, the GOAT. It's all there. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's look at some must-roster players. Again, this is a longer-term outlook. These are guys that I see that are available in over 20% of leagues, who are top 100 guys in their respective formats moving forward. There are just people... I still don't have people believing in Jalen Duran as an option. Like, I think it's more likely he finishes top 50 than he finishes outside the top 150. I don't know why he is still available in as many leagues as he is. Yes, the game got postponed today and I still had someone ask, hey, do I drop Duran now? Like, no. It doesn't matter that the game got postponed. Jalen Duran's a must-roster player. Walker Kessler is also a must-roster player. These are in category leagues, these first ones here. Brandon Clark is a must-roster player for now. There's enough value in him for these four to five weeks with Adams out that you've got to roster him. It's not a one-game stream. It's not a two-game stream. Yes, the Brandon Clark will move off this list as we get closer to Adams' return. But for now, he is a 12-team league player, and you should have him. And the other one is Mike Conley, who's still available in bloody 25% of leagues somehow. I think it might be actually 30% of leagues. I don't really know why either. Are people worried about a trade? Again, if you're worried about a trade, if it happens, oh well, do something about it then. And even if he is traded, what if he gets traded and plays 30 minutes a night and is still really valuable? There's no reason to me to not have Mike Conley rostered. It, it does, that doesn't make any sense. So Duran, Kessler, Clark, and Conley, good 12-team league guys to add for categories. For points leagues, Mason Plumley. I'll put the cockroach in the category one as well. But these are guys that stood out to me as points league options. Um, Plumley, Walker Kessler as well, still there. Duran's another guy there too. Jaden Ivey, absolute master roster points league guy and has been on this list all season for points leagues. In category leagues, he's very much borderline. I think he probably is a 12-team league guy in, point, in category leagues at the moment, Ivey. But for points leagues, he's been a must basically all season. And the other one is Malcolm Brogdon, who with Marcus Smart having no timetable to return, he's the guy that I prefer over Derek White at the moment. He's getting the minutes there, Brogdon. And he's the guy that I'd prefer in both category and points leagues. White is still okay to use in the intermediate, but I still think that Brogdon has been the guy they've preferred to use over Derek White. And he is an option in points leagues and in category leagues. Let's look at some players, hot players over the last week that are top 100 guys. And honestly, off this list, I don't know what there is to do with it. We look at Hamadou Diallo has been a top 30 player over the last week. Like, cool. That's because he had five steals in one game. Don't react to it. 
Daniel Gafford, top 30 player over the last week, but missed last game and now next game is postponed. I still believe that Gafford is a 12-team league player, but he's not a top 30 player, which he's been over the last week. But you still want to make sure he's rostered. Chris Duarte had those really good games, but everything's about to change. The balance of power on the paces is set to change because Halliburton's going to return next game. Now, they've got a back-to-back, so he probably sits out the one after that. And Duarte probably still starts over Nempire, but maybe he doesn't. So while he was top 100, there's no reason to have him as a must-roster player because he isn't. Denny Avdia, yeah, he's been top 100. Again, I my skepticism is there because that shooting has just shot way up, and I don't think it sticks, but he is a 12-teamer. Pat Connaughton's top 100 over the last week. I don't actually care. He's not a 12-team league guy. TJ McConnell, his run is over, I'm sorry to say. The only reason, now, I did add McConnell. Um, he was dropped, so I added him for the back-to-back only because I think Halliburton's going to sit one of those games, and Halliburton might be limited in one of them. So I'll get at least the two games on the back-to-back for TJ and hopefully get one of them at 30-plus minutes, and then I'll drop him. But long-term, yes, he's going to be a drop, and he's been really good here. Bob Covington, look, he played seven minutes last game. I know he still had a steal and a block, but I I can't get behind a 12-team league player that plays seven minutes, and you shouldn't either. So while he has been top 100, don't get sucked into it. And then Caleb Martin, off the back of his 85% shooting game yesterday and 10-rebound game, is in the top 100 over the last week. But he's not that player. He's not a 12-team league guy. And as you see, like, look at those guys, and I go, yeah, look, there's nothing that exciting there. Is there? I don't think there is. Deeper leagues. I think Drew Eubanks is probably a 14-team league grab at least. And Caleb Martin's a good 14-team league option there. So, and they're available in widely in so many spots. And then a bunch of guys that I think are worth looking at in 16s. Gary Payton, although I'm getting less certain of this, he's just not playing. And he's not really generating big steal numbers either. Jeremiah Robinson-Earl's return is coming soon. He's a solid 16-team league out. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. He will have occasional flashes of 12, but he's not going to be a must-roster 12. 16, go and grab him. Eric Gordon's a good 16-team league guy, as is ravishing Rick Rubio. The Wild Thing, Jay Sean Tate in 16s as well. Even the Wild Thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. And Andrew Nempard is a good 16-team league guy with the return of Halliburton. Some other names to talk about. Emmanuel quickly. I do think he's in the 12-team discussion. There's always weird stuff like, do they bench Grimes? Do they bench Barrett? Just quickly stay at 27 minutes. Like, 27's really borderline. 30's good. He is a 12-team league guy for now. Um, Mark Williams, I, I don't really think you can avoid him at this point. Oh, hi, Mark. He should be rostered, and then we'll reassess in a week's time. Josh the Hitman Hart, borderline to me. He sort of saw his minutes decline, but then they've come back up. And we know what he does. He's got to really fit your team. He's never going to score, but he's a good rebounds guy for a guard. He gets assists. He can get some steals and an occasional block in there as well. But it's got to fit your team. I think he probably is a 12-team league hold, but it's not for everybody. Isaiah Hartenstein, we teased it earlier talking about Jericho Sims. He was really, really good last game, but he still had 11% usage. It took 39 minutes to get there, and he shot 70%. And I do not for a second trust that Tom Thibodeau is going to make the correct decision here. I, I don't trust it. Is he worth grabbing? Absolutely, right? Just to see what happens. But have some. be careful who you drop when watching that. Now, the value here is also that I talked about it with Sims, that there's three games in four nights coming up starting Thursday. So even if he stays as an 18-minute reserve, like that's still really good value. But understanding long-term that I don't have faith that he's going to... That game just signifies the change that he's the starter now. I don't think that's what happened. The big sneeze, Preston Chua. Yes, he's got to be a 12-team league player for now. We will reassess at the deadline and when Ananobi comes back, if he comes back at all for Toronto. We'll watch that. Xavier, T. Illman, 
Not a 12-team league guy, but as a deeper league big man stream option with Adams out, Tillman is very much worth it. And then there's Quentin Grimey Grimes. This briefcase and this haircut. I don't think he's a 12-team league player. I think he's a fringe 12-team league player that you can absolutely use. But again, three games in four nights. And that gives him some value there because you might get 105 minutes out of him over three games. And that's really valuable. As a everyday 12-team league player, I find that hard to, to stomach. But with the strong schedule coming up, go for it. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, you know what to do. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.